You're listening to the FSA Podcast with your host, Brent Cromer. Hello, everyone. My name is Brent Cromer, and this is the FSA Podcast, where we teach online health coaches how to sell at a higher rate and scale their business with more profit. Today, I'm joined by Lauren Scholl, one of C4F's finest. She is a former pro dance instructor. She was an in-person fitness coach. She's a mom of two boys, three dogs. And in the last year or two years, she has made a very profitable transition coming into online coaching. I'm excited, guys. I think this interview is going to be good. I think her story is going to resonate with a lot of you who are who are listening that maybe have some, some you know, extracurricular things going on in your life, trying to balance the personal life, the business, all the different things that life throws at you. So Lauren, appreciate you for hopping on. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So walk us through like day one, like the beginning right? You're, you're in person. What made you even want to go online at all? Yeah. So I was in person. I was working from like 5 a.m. most mornings straight through until like 7 30, 8 o'clock at night. And I'd have wow. like a midday break, but my mm-hmm. kids were in school. So like I had a midday break and wasn't able to do any of those things. Mm-hmm. That like enjoy time with the kids or, you know, go watch basketball games or anything like that. Um, I was just getting in when the kids were going to bed and mm-hmm. eventually two things happened. One, I was like, I'm missing out on life and mm-hmm. I can't do that. Um, but number two, I also realized that my income was very capped. Like I, my, my schedule was booked solid mm-hmm. for the most part. And I I was really in no way, shape or form able to grow my business at that point. Okay. So working long hours, weren't really feeling like fulfilled as far as like the time you could spend with your family and your kids. I, I can appreciate all of that. Now, for someone who is in person with a capped out schedule, what was the income like? Now I worked for myself. So like I have a studio okay. gym um, that we built, um, you know, like in over COVID time so I could continue to train my clients. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I was, I was pulling in 75 to $85 an hour, um, nice. you know, which, which was good. If I, if I had a good seven, seven clients that day, it was, mm-hmm. it was good for me. Um, yeah. But if you know me, which I'm sure we'll get to know me a little bit more, I'm someone that's always going to be striving for that next level. Sure. Um, and I didn't feel like that, uh, that could really happen. Sure. So 75, 85 bucks an hour. This is with you having your own studio. I was under the impression that you were working for like a, like a gym or something like that. Um, but you know, being capped, uh, let's, I mean, 75 times seven people, that's, that's 500 bucks a day, you know, five days a week. That's pretty good times 52 weeks. You're making, if you averaged around seven, that's, that's 130,000. Like that's not bad. A lot of people would kill for that. Right. Yeah. But that's, that's a pretty brutal lifestyle to have seven packed clients every single day. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you just really like m- my personal life was, was also suffering from that because if I had back to back days, like I wasn't getting meals in, I wasn't getting to train myself, especially mm. starting at five thirty in the morning and trying to get your own workout in, like not going to happen. Um, sure. You know, so a lot of those, you know, a lot of those pieces definitely played a role in in how I felt about, you know, Mm -hmm. the way I was, I was training clients to live their best life and to do all those things and prioritize it. In the meantime, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't walking the walk myself. Yeah, that's interesting. 
So what you're saying is the money wasn't worth it. The money, yeah. th there has to be a balance. Is that right? A hundred percent. And especially yeah. like if you have, I, you know, I, I say this, it should, it's for the same for everyone, but when you have kids, when you have kids mm -hmm. that are growing so fast and, you know, athletes and you want to, you know, go to their basketball games or baseball mm -hmm. games or, you know, do fun projects, homework with them. Like it was just, you can't do that. Yeah. And that's, it's not a life anyone wants to live. So we, we woke up, we decided I'm going online. What was, uh, what was your main struggle? Or I suppose like the biggest learning curve with taking all that face-to-face in-person action and then putting it onto Instagram and Facebook and trying to train people remotely. It was a big, it was a big learning curve for me. Um, you ways? know, uh, well, the biggest transition was that, you know, now I had overhead costs and, you know, part of my overhead and training my, my clients is really just building out my, building out my gym. Once that was done, my, my overhead was for the most part, aside from like some small equipment stuff, like that was all, it was all done and over easy transaction. Um, yeah. now I went to building, you know, an online platform. I wanted to be able to create a program that was going to give the same hands-on experience of personal training, because that's why I loved being, you know, in person was being able to hands, like physically be able to help clients. Sure. Um, how can you do that when you're not physically in there? I had to figure out that, that, uh, way, uh, to mm -hmm. be able to do those things. Um, and then also how to, you know, how to organize my time, how to like, how to become efficient. I went from going a client, you know, back to back to back to back in, in person where I have to show up physically, be there, train them and, you know, on to the next. Right Now I had like an entire day of like, I got to spend this time programming. I got to do nutrition programs this time. I've got to get social media marketing on mm -hmm. this way. Um, it was definitely a different world for me. Yeah. And it is for a lot of people and it terrifies them because you're taking everything as physical and brick and mortar. And you're saying, let's just do it online. A lot of people worry that results are going to suffer. Have you, have you found that to be true? No, I found it to be the app the exact opposites uh, of result suffering. Um, you know, when, when a client would come to see me twice a week, maybe on average, some of them would come maybe three, three times a week, but on average, like twice a week, I would say, you know, mm -hmm. they come, they show up for their 6am training session, and then they're like hustling to work, right? So on the way to work, they stop at the McDonald's at the end, you know, yeah. get their coffee, get their egg McMuffin, you know, mm -hmm. and I get there's the 60 minutes with them. And that's it. So they'd be busting their butts in the gym in training, Just to blow it. Just to blow it. Just to blow it. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Now, Lauren, uh, if you guys haven't noticed, she, she's one of our clients here at C4F, um, which is why, you know, preface, she's one of C4F's finest. Uh, something I really admire about Lauren that we, we talk about all the time uh, as coaches is, is Lauren's work ethic. Like Lauren is not afraid of taking massive action, whether it's sloppy or not. I don't really care. Like the, 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 the fact that you're willing and able to just take action on things that we encourage you to do is in, in, in my opinion, one of the best character traits a business owner can have, like without any shadow of a doubt. Lauren, do you feel the same? Or what do you think is the most important trait that a business owner can have? I feel the same. I feel this work ethic. Um, you know, I think with work ethic, one of the things like when you're a business owner, you 
you don't report to anybody, right? Um, you don't have someone saying you have mm-hmm. to get this done. You have to get this completed by this time. Um, there's nobody there to make you do that. Um, it's your responsibility. Mm-hmm. And yep. if you if you fall short of that responsibility, the consequences aren't, you know, a write-up or, you know, like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like what things would be like if you were at a gym yeah, yeah. or something like that. Punitive action, yeah. Right. The, the consequences are your clients, you know, don't have what they need or your business does not continue to grow or like those are the consequences for not fulfilling the, the mm-hmm. duties that you're still responsible for as a business owner. And I think because we have our own flexibility to be able to, you know, run our time the way we want to run it, it can then turn into, oh, that'll get done tomorrow. That'll get done next mm-hmm. week. Oh, I'm going to take the weekend yeah, off. Yeah. It's a cycle. It is a cycle. Yeah. And I, I think I, I think my favorite part about that answer is the fact that you, you address the cost of inaction, right? Which is something that we ask our clients on every call. Every call that you get on, every call that I get on, that's a sales call. That's one of the biggest questions I ask is what happens if nothing changes? What happens if the gun goes off, everybody takes off and you're just standing there at the starting line watching everybody else do the thing, but you're frozen. What does that look like in three, six, 12 months if you just stay right there with your feet in the cement, right? Yeah. And a lot of times as business owners, um, it's not always the most pleasant thought, but I think it's 100% necessary to account for like, okay, what if I don't do this today? What if I don't post? What if I don't prospect? What if I don't DM? What if I don't hop on the sales call? What if I don't create any reels or any content? Uh, It's much more important, right, than the cost of not doing something at work, right? Oh, you didn't fill out this form. You didn't do this uh, report. You didn't get this done in time. It's, it's small, you know, uh, punitive responses, but as a business owner, it's like, that's the difference between putting food on, on your table. That's the difference between making sure that your kids have uh, school clothes and things yeah. like that. So like when you can think logically, even though it doesn't feel good, like what happens if I don't show up for myself? Like there's a lot of people that suffer aside from just you and your business. Yeah, absolutely. And on top of that too, like as your business continues to grow, you know, I went from a one person operating business to now having people that work for me. So, you know, now that responsibility continues to grow and grow and grow as well. Right. Um, now it's making sure that my assistant coaches have full rosters and that, you know, that they're happy. And, you know, if I just stop doing things like marketing, all of a sudden there goes, you know, their turnover, their their yep. rosters dwindle. And you know, now I'm taking food off their table, not just my table. Yep. Um, As if there's not enough stress, stress and pressure as a, as a uh, business owner. But I mean, that's the reality of it. And so many people they're owning a business is so glorified and, and trust me, I love it. I love owning a business. I love all the challenges. Um, I, I look through things in a different lens than I did when I first started. I don't know if you were the same, but like when I first started, it was like, Oh shit this happened. Oh no, dude, this is the end. Oh, what a mess. Oh, how am I going to fix this? And now it's just like, I just wake up, I get to my computer and I just keep a notepad handy and I'm like, okay, what's going wrong? Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. And then I just time block and I address those things as they come up. Do you feel the same? Or when you started as a, you know, as a business owner, were you just like, let's go like just full pumped? 
Um, it definitely came in waves, I would say. I definitely, and still to this day, I, I ride the roller coaster. You know, I am okay. enthusiastic. I 100% feel like I am blessed to be able to do what I do. Um, so sure. I'm always excited. Um, I'm someone that always feels like there's room for personal growth. Um, that's, mm -hmm. I always feel like I could be doing something a little bit better. I could improve this piece of my program. I could, you know, like there's always room for growth and I get excited for those things. Um, sure. but when your whole heart goes into something and then you have a fear of like, oh my gosh, this is going wrong. Or, oh my gosh, like I had like this system totally didn't work and it's, this is a catastrophe. Like mm -hmm. definitely those moments of panic. Um, yeah. You know, but I think the most important part of the, those times of panic is like that resilience of like not living in the problem, but finding the solution and like exactly. attacking the solution. And that's like the big piece for me. I don't like to feel that feeling of panic. So my first, my first instinct is what's the solution, you know, mm -hmm. what's going to fix this. That's what a, a good buddy of mine told me very early on. He's like, dude, you are on the verge of like a mental breakdown. Like always, he's like, you are just like always stressed. You are wound so tight. Like you, you take every thing that goes wrong in your business is like a personal slight towards you or it's like the world it's like oh go figure like this would happen to me and a lot has changed since then uh but i did realize you know um like i was playing a little bit of the victim you know what i mean like oh yeah. woe is me of course this would happen to me like i'm i have so many more hurdles than everyone else starting a business and then once i ditched that mentality and i just kind of kept myself a little bit more even you know, I just look at problems as like just a normal daily occurrence that I 100% fully anticipate and expect. Ever since I kind of changed the lens at like which I view my business, I feel like those highs and lows are are not very dramatic. Um, I, I'm even, you know, I'm able to make better decisions, um, you know, throughout the week. Now, do you feel like what are some things that you have done to maybe mitigate some of those ups and downs and those emotional swings? I invested in myself and, and, and education, like, I think okay. is like the biggest thing that I've done to kind of help, you know, I've invested in mentorship. Obviously I get to work with people like yourself who have just helped Appreciate me that. like look at the bigger picture and sometimes take a step back. Right. Um, looking at trends, look, instead of looking at day to day, right? One person yes. says that they're not happy with their program and they didn't get the results that they were looking for. Mm -hmm. How many factors played into that? What was their, what was their level of consistency with our program? Um, the, their compliance with our program? Did they do sure. their check-ins? Was it our system that was the problem or was it, you know, was it them that just didn't commit to doing their check-ins? All of those questions go through your head, but people like my mentors and, and what you have helped me do too, is take a step back and be like, okay, out of how many clients that you have, are you having this problem with? Well, exactly. Brian, it's just this one. Okay. Well, this could be definitely situational. We can take a look at your systems. We can look at, take a look at what those things look like. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, is this something that we have to go flip everything over and right. reconstruct right now? Probably not. Um, really that has point. been like a really big piece of just helping me even out my level mm -hmm. of crazy. 
And I, I think it goes in like so many different aspects too. It, just ask yourself, is this a trend or is this a one-off thing? You know, yeah. um, it's, it's really funny. I'm going to give you such a generic and this, this, this reference will probably not land with 90% of people listening, but uh, Brooke and I were, were uh, we went out to the mountains and we were doing some like shooting. We, we like target shooting. And it's like, you want to shoot groups, right? You want to shoot like nice tight groups. So you can, you never make any decisions learn off of one shot. Okay. Are you, are, are you a shooter? Have you shot targets or anything before? Um, I have. Yes. Okay. So when you're shooting, like a common mistake, a lot of people will make is they'll shoot once and it doesn't hit the bullseye and they're like, ah, okay. Adjust the scope, move this around, adjust this. Then they shoot again and it's completely somewhere else. They're like, what the hell happened? I made the, I, I made the changes. Like, well, and then they make it an, another adjustment. And then it's somewhere else, right? So you're chasing the bullet. You're all over the target. And like the decisions that you're making don't actually lead to anything um, replicatable, right? It doesn't get you to the desired result. So the way that you shoot or the way that you're supposed to shoot that they recommend is you're supposed to shoot in groupings. Are you, are you familiar with that concept? Um, I don't know that I learned that concept, no. But this is all so, making a ton of sense. I'm learning more here. Yeah, so it's like, when you shoot, you want to shoot in three shot groups. So if I'm aiming at the bullseye and I hit top right, I'm like, okay, make no changes, aim at the bullseye again and shoot again. If I hit, you know, same spot, top right, I'm going to shoot one more time. And if I hit top right three times in a row, now I can make a decision to adjust my scope, to bring it back down, shoot another group. And maybe I'm on for three. Now I made a good decision. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. But what can happen that can kind of throw a wrench in things is you can shoot a grouping, you know, you can shoot two shots that are in the same hole and then you'll have a flyer. You know, you'll have one that's like completely like off, like barely on the target. And you're like, what the heck happened there? So you shoot another grouping. So everything you do is like, you, it's all trends. Okay. So if you're trending in this direction and there, there's just like a weird flyer, you tend not to cater to the flyer. You're going to cater to the groupings. So no different than business. A lot of people, what they'll do is they'll hear uh, someone give a bad review. Um, hey, I just didn't feel like I got the accountability. And they're like, oh my God. All right. Firing this coach, doing this, changing this, changing this. And it's like, was it a grouping or was it a flyer? And so like, I think that's a really good way to go about business before you make any big decisions. I like that a lot. Yeah. So get out and, uh, and, and target shoot uh, as much as you can. I as used to do like the clay, the clay shooting. Oh, okay. All right. Like clay targets, or yeah. we did that a couple of times. So it's a little it's bit fun. of trap shooting. Yeah, my fun stuff. my husband's into that stuff. All right. Well, someday when I when I meet you both, uh, we'll have plenty of activities to uh, to do. So, Lauren, you're an advanced coach at this stage. Like I, I think that's that's pretty clear. Like you've got a team, you've got assistants, you've got uh, coaches below you. You run ads, you have serum, you have mentorship, you have all the things that I would consider to be like an advanced coach. Obviously, that was not the case um, the entire time. So before ads, how were you getting clients? Organics. Um, I was posting on social media, literally, um, you know, every day, not to an annoying, uh, not to an annoying level, I like to think. Um, but yeah. you know, creating, creating uh, value with each and every one of my posts, um, you know, creating content that would resonate and 
you know, still at that point, probably still figuring out who my target audience was so I could speak directly to them. I think in that point of my business, I probably didn't have a clear picture of the people that I best help. Um, so that's, I did a lot of like, or reaching out, uh, through social media, people that engaged on my, my post, having conversations with them. Um, a lot of referrals in the beginning of, you know, clients that were super happy, um, you know, getting connected with their communities and stuff like, and stuff like that kind of helped me. Um, I would say probably get to a point where, you know, I, I got my first 50 clients in, in those, in that way. So there's a lot of just like bootstrapping, doing the DMs, doing the posting, doing all the organic things, networking, getting your name out there, posting very consistently. Um, is, is that fair to say? Yes, it was a grind. That's exactly what I what I want to touch on here because there's there's a lot of new coaches that aren't willing to to do that. Just to be transparent with you, a lot of people try to cut the line. They like to go right into ads. They lose their money. They take out loans. They go back to coaching on the floor or go back to another job uh, because they try to cut the line, in my opinion. Uh, does it work for some people? Yes, maybe like one out of like 50, okay? What is your advice for those people who are in that like phase one, like building that initial clientele so that they can make enough money to you know, run ads, scale out, build a team? Like for the people who are in the thick of it, what's your advice for them? Keep going keep going and keep learning and keep doing the things. I have this rule in my business that I will not hire anybody to do something that I'm not great at. Mm. Um, because I think it's important for me to be able as a business owner, um, number one, something bad happens, right? Uh, you know, someone has health emergency, has to leave the job. They, you hire someone to be in your DMs and they can't show up. Like someone has to be there and it's Absolutely. likely going to be you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so if I, if I don't feel proficient in all areas of my business, I could not fill in. And that is a, I guess I'm also someone that likes control. I like to know that I can sure. do those things. And, you know, for something you care so much about, like your business, it's important for you to feel like you can fill in the blanks wherever you need to fill in. Um, so I have to, I, I had to be, I, in order for me to hire someone to be in my DMs, I had to be proficient in the DMs. I had yep. to be proficient in organic outreach, um, you know, cold outreach, warm outreach, um, posting on social media and creating content and yep. reaching out to the people that have engaged with my stuff. Um, I had to do all of those things. And guess what? In the beginning, I did it and I did it very badly. <laughs> yeah. You and everyone else. <laughs> um, you know, I had to fail. I had to fail. Yep. I had to find my own success. But that allowed me to open the door to be able to coach someone through those failures, through those successes. Um, and be able to offer them, you know, a well-rounded level of, you know, giving, giving them an opportunity to be successful, you know, in, in the position themselves too. So, yeah. you know, I think it's important to say like, Hey, like sometimes you just got to put the time in, you got to learn from it and try to look for the things that you enjoy about it. Learn how to laugh at some of the crazy responses you get, learn yeah. how to just like 
keep it lighthearted so like you can make those days go by a little bit faster. Um, But the more you do it, the, the more successful you'll be like, you have no place to go but up if you are doing it. If you're not doing it, you're taking a huge risk. You're not setting up the person that's going to come in for, you know, great success either. Um, And whether it's now or whether it's in six months when something pops up and you have to pop in the DMs and now you have a week of DMing that you don't know what you're doing, like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're at some point you're going to fall in a place where you're like, this is now affecting my business in a negative way. Oh yeah. I, I, it's so funny too, because a lot of business coaches will teach like, Hey, um, you can't be an expert at every facet of your business. Think about the CEO at the fortune 500 company. He's not doing all of these things and these things. And it's like, yeah, I, I get that. But respectfully, you're not running a fortune 500 company. You're running a small business with a team of 10 or less. Right. And that's not a hit on you. Like that is something to be super ultra proud of. You're doing something that 95% of the world cannot do. But again, we're not running Fortune 500 companies. I'm not either. Okay. So I think it's not unreasonable to understand and be proficient, at least proficient in every aspect of your business. Um, So if a coach, if a coach is telling you, that you're above that and that you should scale out and hire, you know, have hire someone to do the, the boring work or the dumb things that you don't want to do. I think that's poor coaching in my opinion. I, I agree. And I will also tell you that in some ways, you know, the person that is in my DMS right now, she does sometimes have better responses. Like she's, she's yep. probably better at this point at messaging than I am. Um, I have great ideas. We, we kind of collaborate together and we like to create that type of culture, um, within my business. But, um, there's always going to be people that are going to get better. There have, she has more experience now. She's been doing this for a longer time than I did it, you know, when Mm -hmm. I was, when I was starting up. Um, but I have every bit of confidence that if something were to happen, if I have, if she takes a vacation and I have no one to fill in my DMS, I got it yep. covered. And we, we actually made that mistake, you know, come to think about it, Brooke, uh, you know, Brooke, my girlfriend, Brooke, uh, when we scaled her business originally, she was very, she, I was dog on her uh, in the nicest way. She wasn't good at sales, right? Which is how I got started in sales, which I'm forever thankful for. Um, thankful for her uh, deficiencies. No, I'm kidding. But uh, filling in for her. What it did was it provided a, a a spark in her business. You know, it allowed her to get some cash rolling in, which then she put into ads. And then from there, you know, I think I've told the story. You guys have probably heard it, but uh, Brooke was stuck at like two to three K. It was like one step forward, two steps back. Sign two clients, three leave, or like one one payment defaults, one cancels, and then uh, one's finished. You know what I mean? So it was always just that push and pull, right? And she could never just get that consistency until I was able to come in. I was able to help close deals more consistently. She was closing around 30%. I was closing around like 70. So like we could get, it wasn't two steps forward, three steps back. It was like, you know, four steps and three. And it's like, hey, we're positive. We made more money than last month. And then, um, you know, once we made enough money, she collected a good amount and she put it right into ads. And then she hit a 50K month, uh, her first month ever in ads. Now, a lot of you listening are like, oh, dude, sick. I'll just skip the line, take it alone, run ads. It doesn't work like that. You have to have a working system organically and then put money behind it for it to actually work. So by doing that, yes, 
it provided a spark and it helped her business. But the issue was it created some dependency for Brooke. Brooke's business couldn't run without me or a, a closer for that matter. So we brought in another closer because C4Up was taking off at that point. The other closer was hit and miss, Lauren. She was so back and forth. Uh, she just wouldn't show up some days. <laughs> We'd have prospects text us and be like, hey, she's not here on the call. And then Brooke would freak out because she's like, oh my God, I got to take the call. I'm not good at sales. So she had put this label on herself that says, I'm not good at sales. So if her closer just didn't show up one day, she was, she was screwed, right? Her closer was really, really good. She closed historically at like 65 to 70% when she showed up. You see what I mean by that? Yep. So what happened was I told Brooke, I'm like, you, you have to make a decision. Like one, you're going to get the best fitness sales coaching, in my opinion, and in, in the entire world for free if you just work with me on this. Uh, but she just had it in her head that she wasn't good at sales, that she never would be. So like this went on for a long time. It wasn't until she finally let this closer, this closer go. Okay. She let the closer go. She got our training. She, I worked with her obviously one-to-one. -one, um, and now she closes at like 80% every single month. Cold leads, ads, doesn't matter. 80% month after month. And her business is very much more profitable than it was with a closer because she was taking 10, 15% and then also creating like a bad reputation for her. And Brooke would have been held into this this position of dependency hadn't she just kind of like escaped that uh that label back to your point long way of saying had we just done it right i trained her on sales instead of just doing it for her she never would have had that dependency she would have made a lot more money and she wouldn't have had to deal with a um a difficult closer for for as long as she did about a year so for everyone out there that's feeling like they're ready to scale be proficient before you outsource, otherwise you become uh, dependent. Maybe I should make like a little political slogan on that. Yeah, I I love that. I will also say it kind of plays into the role of like, you know, what we were talking about earlier, which is like that work ethic piece. And I think work ethic going back into it is really not just about doing the things, but also doing the things on the other end of it that's going to make you get better at the things on the front end of it, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. Like when the it comes into, yeah, when it comes into my success with C4F and like what I've experienced with you guys, you know, you guys gave me a, a great, uh, you know, the, the, the steps, the, the explanations, the course, the, the material that I needed to be successful. But I will tell you that I spent 30 minutes every single day blocked out of my calendar, going through scripts, understanding the ins and outs, learning how mm -hmm. to do a little bit of push pull and sounding stupid talking to myself and having <laughs> like running word tracks, like, yeah. you know, what I've done over the past few months. Like, but that's time that I blocked out of my day because that development is just as important as the frontline development and how I, oh, sure. you know, there's, there's so much. That goes into owning a business. I mean, there's so many skills that have to all come together for you to be like a, a successful business owner. I'm not, I'm not trying to scare people away, but there's a management component. There's a mindset component. There's a skills component. There is a marketing component. There's a coaching component. Like there's so many things that you have to. Owning a small business is 100% just the desire to, to improve and, and, and um, you know, skill development, just learning new skills. That's 
99% of owning a small business. It's just wanting to be better at a lot of things. Yeah. Okay. You mentioned it. So we'll dive into it. Uh, working with C4F, obviously it's been an absolute blast. You've been with us about two months or so. Walk us through like where you were before C4F and then we'll kind of go present day. Yeah. Um, gosh, I love my story with C4F. It's like, I, I, I do still, too. I still can't believe my story with C4F. Um, so when I came to C4F, it was like, it was November, which is supposed to be like one of the hottest months for us because like you got Black Friday going, like you're getting into the holidays where people yep. are just like starting to think about like, you know, New Year's resolutions and stuff like it's like a really good time in business. And when I came uh, to Brent, I was literally like scared out of my mind, like that panic that we were talking Naturally. about earlier, like I was completely panicked. I was hitting my lowest month that I had in ages. Um, at that point in time, I had grown my business to like around like fifteen to twenty thousand dollar months was like my was like my norm. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, hadn't hadn't closed a sale in November. It was already like um, like more than halfway through the, the month in November. Mm -hmm. um, and I said to I literally said to Brent, I'm I'm scared. Like I cannot. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I, our ads are tanking. Our conversations are 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 not great. Uh, calls are no showing, so I'm not even getting on on sales calls. Like I mean, like I was in a place of panic, and to the point where I said to Brent, like, I don't know if I'm even going to be able to pay out my staff this month. It's a terrible feeling. I, and this was not just like the month of November, October. Out of my fifteen thousand dollar months I collected, I I brought home seven hundred and thirty dollars that month. That's crazy. That's it's crazy. Insane. But we see it all the time. I mean, so many so many businesses have that big top line, and then the filters are just too dense, and and what what boils down to the bank account is is it's this exact scenario. But continue. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, when I, when I was referred to Brent by, you know, by someone who had a lot of experience in different, you know, different coaching companies out there, different business coaches out there, you know, I, I said to Brent, like, you know, at this point in time, like, I don't know if I, if I can invest, but I also don't even know that I have like that, that cost of an action was going to be so much was, was going mm -hmm. to cost me so much more. If I also, I said to him, like, there is just no, like, there's no place to go from here. If I, if I continue where I'm at now, like I will be out of business in a matter of, of months. Like I can't, I can't do that to myself. Um, and I asked the question, we're ha over halfway through November. We got two weeks left in November. Can we turn November around and make it a profitable month so I can afford coaching again? So I can afford the direction that I need. Mm -hmm. and. The answer was a hundred percent yes. Um, we two yeah. weeks. It's two weeks. We got plenty of time to do that. Um, yeah. so I did it. I pulled the trigger uh, with with C four F. I dove in like head first with the program. Like, She's getting... not kidding when she says that. By the way, <laughs> yeah, I was I was, was blowing friends up. Zero hesitation. Back. Lauren was like, "Let's f and go. Like, give me." all the responsibility. I'll do it right now. I won't sleep for two, for two days if I need to. So yes, I, yes. I just, I, was I love that mentality. In. And, uh, 
November, we ended up in two weeks closing out our highest month ever to date. It's crazy. Um, I think we we closed out November at, at just about 30,000 uh, collected. And from That's October, insane. where I brought home $740 from my profit margins, right? Uh, mm-hmm. November, November, I profited $15,000 in November. Sheesh. It's one of my favorite stories. And it's for a lot of people are probably listening, Lauren, and I, I want to hear your take on this. People are probably listening and thinking, yeah, but, but this, but that, uh, but she already had a business, but she had this, she had that, she had the systems. What do you say to those people that are, are like, that could never be me, right? Like if I invest, there's no way I would have that same success. What's your impression? Yeah, I my impression is that the only person stopping you from getting that success would be you. We can say look look at it from like a a fitness coach or a a health coach, right? Like we can give you the perfect meal plan, we can give you the perfect nutrition protocols, perfect training program, but if you're not showing up and if you're not doing exactly. the things, if you're not checking in, you're not you're not going to have success. You're not going to lose weight. You're not going to build muscle. You're not going to get shredded um, because all of those things take, If as, even like I say this to my clients all the time, if you want above and beyond results, it's going to take above and beyond work to get there, right? Absolutely. Um, above average results, above average work. And the same goes for, you know, for our business. So, you know, one thing that I've loved I, this experience working with C4F and, and Brent and Wayne is, is that they take the time to like, to really work one-on-one with you to look at what, where your bottlenecks in your business are and what those solutions, you know, what those solutions really should look like for you. So for me, it was a lot of, you know, my overhead costs and being able Mm -hmm. to you know, 30 bucks here, which didn't seem like that big of a deal and 45 bucks at DocuSign and, yeah. you know, all those other stupid things. <laughs> damn it, DocuSign. <laughs> damn DocuSign. Not a fan. <laughs> um, but taking a look at those specific things, like that was a big piece to my profit margins. But mm-hmm. then looking at my entire like price, like pricing structure and being able to, you know, kind of nail that down and, and figure out like where my prices really needed to be in order to support my business. Um, they could have given me all that information, but if I didn't physically make those changes, if I didn't cut my contract with DocuSign, (laughs) yeah, you know, uh... right. Like I, I would have still been where I came to them. So I, Mm -hmm. it was my responsibility to actually take that coaching and do it. And I want to, I want to spend some time on that. Just, just a moment, but here, here's, here's what I'm saying to anybody who's, um, let's just call it out, right? We send these videos a lot of times um, and, and people are probably listening. Some people find us organically. We use these a lot for like nurturing as well. So people can see like real content, right? Or get a feel for like how I actually coach or for how our clients actually feel. If that's you, uh, if you're waiting for a call with us or if you're considering hopping on a call or any of the, any of the sort, right? I'm here to tell you very bluntly, I'm not going to run your business for you, okay? So if that's what you're looking for, uh, it, you, you won't get it here. Okay. It is all like just self responsibility. I can give you the exact plan that I know works. I can give you my best, 
uh, my best swing at things, right? But if you don't implement, if you don't do the thing, you will not get any results. Zero, zilch, none, okay? Your investment will be 100% wasted. And that's happened, by the way, where people have come in and they're like, all right, I paid. Uh, where's, my, where's my million dollar business? And it's like, nope, not how that works. Let's start taking action. And if you don't take action, you won't get results. No different than if you went to the gym and you walked around it twice and then went home, okay? So Lauren here has gotten massive results because she's taking massive action. Anytime we recommend something, she does it. Um, and that, again, I think that's why I love working with Lauren. <laughs> she gets a lot of results and uh, she gets things done really quickly. And I, I think that's a testament of, uh, of being a successful business owner. So let's kick it over to the people who are skeptical, right? Um, the people who are maybe not even so much skeptical, Lauren, but they're just kind of jaded. Okay. The yeah. people who have maybe invested in a coach, I know you've invested in a few coaches. Um, maybe, and by the way, uh, what Lauren was alluding to just a moment ago, the, the, the person who referred her, his name is AJ Morton. I think he deserves a shout out. I think he runs a wonderful business. He's the fit pro mentorship review on Facebook. He runs a business where essentially it's like Yelp for fit pros. Basically he's, he just vets all the, the business coaches in the fitness space. He goes into their Slack channels, into their programs. He interviews their clients. He keeps up with everything. And then he tells you, basically, he'll guide you. It might be me. It might be someone else. There's, there's several trusted mentors on who he thinks that you're going to pair best with. And clearly, he does a, a really good job. So my CTA, which isn't even for me, is to AJ. If you guys are wondering like who you should invest in, it very well might not be me. It might be 10 other coaches. Go check his Facebook group out and invest with confidence. Okay. Maybe, maybe we'll be connected, right? But again, maybe someone else is better fit for, for your needs. Okay. So AJ, phenomenal person, phenomenal program. Appreciate him for, for connecting us here. Now for the people who have been in other programs though, and they're kind of shit, um, they're, they're, Hey, do this in the course. Don't talk to me. Right. Or there's no one-to-one -one or anything like that. What, what are your words of advice for them? If they're considering hopping in C4F, but they're concerned about the one-to-one -one attention. The one-to-one -one attention is like my favorite part of C4F. Um, that's like one of my favorite parts of C4F, number one. Um, but I have invested in other coaches before. I have had really poor experiences with other coaches before. Um, and I, one of the big things that I, I'm just a huge advocate for like communication and transparency. Mm -hmm. Like that is a, a really big piece of who I am. It's how I run my business. And it's how I want, you know, people to come to me and feel like they can be transparent with me. When I came to C4F, I had known exactly like, you know, working with the previous coaches in the past, like what I didn't like, what, you know, where I felt like I didn't get the service that I paid for, or, you know, where I felt those weaknesses were to be able mm -hmm. to have a conversation transparent conversation and say, Hey, how is this going to be different? Right. Yep. Um, and I'll give you a specific example just because it's on the top of, it's in the top of my brain is the last coaching company that I was with, they put me with like a success coach or like a, you know, like a, it wasn't mm -hmm. the, it wasn't the owner. It wasn't, you know, it was just somebody that somebody else that ran a successful fitness and an online coaching business. And while the coach was great and had some really good feedback and things to say, like I was with that company for six months and mm -hmm. at no point 
in the six months, was I actually growing? My revenue was staying mm. the same. I might have had like a, a little jump in the beginning, but then stayed the same stagnant for six months. And yeah. nothing, there was, there was nobody addressing that. There was nobody saying to me like, Hey, like we're not, we're not growing. We need to be looking at different things. Let's break down this. Let's break down that. We need mm -hmm. to be seeing this needle move, um, where actually my profit margins were actually going down because as I was staying stagnant in my collected or my, my income, my expenses were going up. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, one big piece is, you know, working with C4F, I, I, Wayne explained to me too, that, you know, you guys are looking at KPIs on a, on a regular basis, whether it be weekly, whether yeah. it be, you know, daily sometimes, you know, making sure that people are seeing that progress that are hitting KPIs that are getting to where they need to be. And if they are not addressing it right away, getting ahead of that curve. Exactly. Um, so that was like my biggest, like for me, like one of the experiences that I wanted to make sure that would be different, you know, investing in, in this coaching company versus some of the others that I've, I've worked with in the past. But I would take a really good inventory of any experiences that you've had, or maybe specifically where you feel you need the most support. And mm -hmm. worst that can happen is you come to a call and they say, oh, well, we can't really help you with that. Okay. Well then maybe they're not a good fit for you, but like- right. You know, chances are exactly. they're, they're going to have the, they're going to have an understanding of what's important to you. They're going to make note of it and make sure that that stays on the forefront of, you know, of your experience working with them and sets you up for success and it sets them up for success to make sure that your experience is the best too. I appreciate that, Lauren. Appreciate those kind words. And and she, she's a hundred percent right. If I don't feel like we can help, uh, it's just not like I'm in the business and that's intentional. Could I scale up and out? Yeah. I could hire four success coaches and I could just sit on uh, um, my, my big fat lazy boy chair in front of me and just chill all day. Um, but I don't really want to, I want to be like in, I want to be hands-on. I enjoy this. I genuinely enjoy this interaction. I enjoy helping people get uh, to where they want to go. So if it doesn't feel like a good fit. Um, I have zero issue just saying no. Um, because I'm going to be in on your account. Um, I have like a personal, um, I don't want to say investment, but uh, I'm going to be personally there working with you. So if, if I don't feel like it's going to be fun, I'm not going to do it. Okay. So that's just me being selfish. Lauren, I appreciate you tremendously. I think you're a wealth of knowledge. Where can people find you? People can find me on Instagram. I am Coach Scholl on Instagram. That's Coach, C-O-A-C-H. S-C-H-O-L-L. -L. Um, we're Define Fitness and Nutrition. So on Instagram, we're Defined F-N, D-E-F-I-N-E-D-F-N. Um, online on our website, www. Beautiful, beautiful. She's got a wonderful business. It's buttoned up real tight. Um, and yeah, if you guys ever have any questions, I'm sure Lauren's uh, DMs are open to, to answer. Um, she loves Super helping people. Help. Yeah. So again, Lauren, appreciate you for hopping on. Thanks so much, Brent, for having me.